Clear the City from Homotopia, Art Crawl, Episode 1. This art crawl starts right in the centre of Liverpool. It starts in one of the most populated parts of the what I might call the new city, Liverpool One. What we're looking at is a very built-up area and there are a number of things that go with being a built-up area. We'll be talking about that as we go along. Joining me on this first section of the art crawl is Felix Mufti Wright, who is a singer, songwriter, performer and activist. Felix, are you the kind of person who comes into Liverpool One very often? Yeah, I'd say I'm in town most days, especially when I was in school. I used to be here a lot, basically every single day would be coming into town for different reasons. And just hanging around? Yeah, just hanging around, like just chilling. I think there's not much to do when you're under 18 except just kind of sit in town and occupy doorways and stuff like that. Because <laughs> we come to a, the, what for in one sense is the very beginning of the art crawl because uh, it's a place where they put the posters for the uh, for Homotopia to explain what's going on. There's a map of all of the different locations and we're at I think one of the first of them here. So there's no doubt that we're in the middle of something a bit different here because there's a poster to explain that we are. So first on the left hand side there's trans women are women then next there's trans men are men, non-binary people are non-binary, and trans rights are human rights. And they've actually put up two sets of posters, so there's this long white run, which is against the brick background, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, well this is obviously there to some purpose. Um, we do, if we investigate a little closely, know who did it, because there's actually the equivalent of an artist's signature there, isn't there? Yeah. This is work by uh, uh, Fox Fisher who is actually, I think, the resident artist as part of Homotopia this year. So it's one of those creations that uh, is obviously emanating from a person who has got a point of view. Now, um, you're involved in transactivism. Mm -hmm. What would be the inference of the four posters to you? Would they, as some people might say, effectively state the obvious? Yeah, I think so. That's what I like about like this particular piece. It's like really matter of fact. It's not leaving any space for debate because I think especially with the trans rights are human rights poster, I think lately a lot of people have thought the trans rights are a debate and kind of a political football to throw around. So I really like the fact it's a statement, not leaving any questions, you know, trans rights are human rights and these people are who they say they are, nothing else. OK, let's go back and imagine that we're somebody who just passing through this place, doesn't know or even particularly notice posters normally. They've caught the eye, these have caught the eye because of their simple design. They're very, uh, the colours are simple, they're almost cartoon-like in some respects. They're very kind of almost like school posters, the sort of thing we might have designed in school. Yeah. So we look at them, but we haven't got any particular axe to grind one way or the other. And we look at that and it says trans women are women. Now, we need to unpick that debate slightly because uh, somebody would say, well, of course they are. And then somebody, of course, very differently might say, no, they're not. They are trans women are women are people who are purporting, uh, presenting as women. Yeah. So uh, do you think that these would get people to kind of consider the more complex side of it all? 
I definitely think so because, you know, at the end of the day, trans is like a prefix, you know, just like how any adjective kind of is. Like, you know, tall women are women, short women are women. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. So when you think about it in this kind of way, like it should make sense to people. But for some people, I do really think it will make them think and question their morals, but hopefully understand that trans women are women it's part of like you know the phrase like of course they are what else could they be and i hope it kind of makes people think that like you know does the prefix really change the meaning of who they are yeah which is of course about the the, the whole idea of identifying as and presenting as isn't it yeah i mean one thing that there's two things that stand out for me about this the first thing is that there are people who self-identify in a different way who would have a huge argument about the first two posters. They would actually say, no, trans women are not women. Yeah. They do not stand biologically within the same category as, for example, if the person's talking as a woman. Um, so it is, it is controversial, this, isn't it? It's not, it's not a simple kind of, we've got it all sorted thing, is it? Yeah. That's what I like about it. It's like the simplicity of the statements compared to what they actually mean. You know, the implication of how, like, you know, political and out there it is, which is weird because it is just a basic statement to people like us who are open-minded. But to people who might not think that way, it might be a whole new way of thinking to them. And this way, like presented in the middle of town, it kind of makes you see that it is a fact, you know trans rights are human rights trans men are men non-binary people are non-binary like it's presented it feels like we're saying as a city this is true this is a fact it's not up for debate these people's livelihoods yeah I, I, the other thing i would say is that the, even the words non-binary whilst you and i use them quite normally and comfortably there's yeah. a lot of people who would say what does non-binary mean mm -hmm. so we are talking about a very wide range of people who might pass this spot and have questions and and comments to make about it yeah um our job with this is to win people round uh, yeah i think so i think it's like education as well you know what i mean when it's presented in this way hopefully it will really impact people and if people aren't sure what non-binary even means hopefully they'll be able to research and you know take it into their own hands and if they have any ignorant views the only way to get around ignorance is education so hopefully this will kind of you know give people that motivation to educate themselves on things they might not understand and realize that we're all just people just trying to be ourselves like and we may have been assigned a different gender at birth but this is who we are and we're not going anywhere we're not changing and we're, our identities aren't there to please anyone else's ideas of who we should be no I, i'm looking at them now I'm standing back a bit and I'm thinking, what do I get from this? I think yeah. I get quite a cheerful feeling from them. Mm -hmm. The colour, yeah. the simple way they're drawn, the kind of slightly childish design of the thing. I think to myself, somebody has got up in the morning and thought, I'd like to say this to people, yeah. rather than being kind of hard-hitting and, um, and maybe a bit, con um, a bit combative about yeah. it. And that's kind of what I'd like to think we're trying to do with Queering the City is to keep people's attention rather than get people to kind of run away. I agree. I think with activism, there can be so much misery, but I think what we need to reclaim is the joy in activism. You know, what's the point in reforming the world if we're not creating a happy and cheerful one for us all? And I think this piece really reflects that. You know, it's in the colours of the trans flag, which are 
pink and like um blue like a really light pink and blue which really go together nice it's the non-binary colors the yellows and the purples and like i think it is a really nice color palette which is really easy on your eyes and i think it really does bring that joy and that happiness and it's really reflected in the art which i think is so important to bring because there is so much sadness and negativity in the world but if we let our lives become defined by that what is there to create you know what is there to make us happy you know we need to use that as motivation to create pieces of art like this in such public spaces and realize that we're making a change that's positive yeah because we're all somebody slightly different when we're in public spaces aren't we yeah the public us is different from the private us yeah. this is the public us being addressed in a public way isn't it yeah definitely and the thing i like about it and maybe the final point on it really is that um it, it finalizes because it's the fourth of the posters with human rights yeah. and I mean that is not just simply a matter for contention there are things called human rights they're enshrined in in conventions so in a sense we're linking this whole thing to the bigger question of uh, people's rights whether they are trans or non-binary or anything in other words we share in the same uh, need for and uh, accession to rights as as everybody yeah and that seems to me the good reason for having those four posters in that order i agree i agree you know for non-binary people especially they don't have really legal recognition of their identities you know it's only just been seen that you can legally do a hate crime against non-binary people which will hopefully be a big revolution for non-binary rights but i think it is you know really putting that in the public space in a way that's not debatable that's not questioning anything that's just saying these statements and presenting them in such an accessible way i think that's what's really you know an important key point they are accessible you know they're in fonts that are easy to read they're in big fonts like anyone can read this and appreciate the art and i think that's what's really important like anyone can look at this and change their perception on how they think about these things that aren't usually talked about, that don't usually have exposure, and now they have the most exposure they could possibly have in a place that people occupy every single day. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. So we turn a corner or two and we end up still really within Liverpool One. Yeah. Um, shops everywhere, bank across the way, shoes right next to us. It's very much in the sales centre of things unlike the very first of the uh, pieces that we looked at. But you, this is the kind of thing that you can't kind of miss, really. If you were walking along the street there, you would look up and you would see this and you would probably be tempted away just to go and see what it was all about. It's, would you call it a portrait, Port Felix? I think so, yeah, I'd call it a portrait. But it's, it's not, um, not like an old master, is it? I mean, no. the style is, uh, from a distance even, you would say that it was... Perhaps not cartoon, what would you say? Yeah, like a kind of caricature, but it's like just full of life, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, colours, big, bright orange. Yeah. A um, lot of paint splatter on it, actually. It's it's almost equivalent to sequins, isn't it? It's yeah. it's It's got a, a lot of um, texture to yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. And the uh, longer you look at it, the more different little details you see. So we're looking at it and we're seeing a big, black, smiling face. And we know who this is. This is Marsha P. Johnson, one of the great black trans activists of history who was present at Stonewall yeah. and therefore somebody who uh, carries a whole story with them. 
But this doesn't tell the story, does it? This is, uh, first of all, it's character. What are you going to get from the character of it? Like, how happy and full of life she is. Like, I think that's really portrayed in the picture, you know. I think with how devastating the story of Marsha P. Johnson's life is, especially towards the end, I think it's really nice that she's remembered in this happy, beautiful way. So, Marsha P. Johnson was one of the main Stonewall liberators, and sadly, her life ended. She was found in the Hudson River. And... You know, that's absolutely heartbreaking that she did so much and maybe never got to reap the benefits of her activism. But we all owe so much to her. Like, if you're a queer person, you owe so, so much to her, whether you know it or not. Yeah, and you say as a queer person, I mean, somebody who uh, would like to see society better, would like to make a contribution to making society better, that would be somebody who was a queer person one part of it that might be you that might be me but at the same time Marsha P Johnson did that but she paid a much bigger price than maybe we would end up paying for it because she was at a different stage of the struggle okay now you've got this this big thing here it's not an advert for shoes it's not a bank it's not a clothes thing it's but it's not really art either in the sense that you would step back and say, well, I don't have anything to do with art. What is it about this that draws us in? I think it's like the political statement of it. I think people are going to be interested in the story, even if they don't know what it's about. But I think it's really particularly prevalent in this time with the Black Lives Matter movement being so important and, you know, prevalent in society. Because it remem we remember that, you know, there's all the protests, there's all the riots on a global scale and taking it back you know stonewall was a riot you know queer people should be in solidarity if if they are black or not with the black lives matter movement because at the end of the day we got all our rights from riots we got all our rights from occupying spaces we weren't supposed to be from making noise from drawing attention from everyone talking about this you know what i mean and i think that's really important and it's really important for us to see and for so many people to see like even right now so many people are walking past us like can you imagine how many people see it in a day it's true. I think we should name check now the artist, Sophie Green, yeah. who you and I both know. Mm -hmm. And she's been in a project that both of us have worked on. But also um, she's a, an artist who works very regularly throughout the Merseyside area. And I think her work is known well beyond that. Yeah. Uh, she herself is trans. <laughs> and so in a way you've got a, a collusion now between um, the artist, the subject and hopefully the people, as you say, who are passing regularly on a day-by-day -day basis. Yeah. I mean, let's just work out what the contrast here is. This is not just about um, inquiring a city. We're not doing anything very unusual by putting a poster up. What we're actually doing is it's about the very nakedness of it, in a way. It doesn't have any selling point to it, does it? It doesn't no. have any... Uh, it's not trying to get our attention to make a point other than to say, here is a an important human being who we need to know more about. Yeah. I mean, how do you see queering a city? Is that, is that how you would interpret it? Um, I think, I think, yeah, like, because I think it's like for queer people and non-queer people, because for queer people, seeing something like this can be very affirming. You know, they could have a day where they're really struggling with their gender, where they're really struggling with, you know, the social implications of being trans and stuff. And they could see this and it could just really make them feel a lot better. It could make them feel like, you know, they're not alone. It can make them feel like, you know, there's other people who understand the struggle. People like Sophie Green who want to put that up there for everyone to see, for the 
whole of Liverpool to see. And I think that's a really, really beautiful and special thing that is absolutely invaluable. Well, it wasn't a very long walk, but it's taken us just down the street, uh, still within Liverpool 1, still amongst all the shops, to uh, a very large, very imposing poster on the wall, which is the second of this particular section of the art crawl. It's a portrait. It's in the style of a football card. And the artist is Millie Chesters, and she's called this Chris. Uh, Felix, I'm just a little bit confused about this. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure whether Chris is a footballer I should know about. I'm not sure whether I th should think Chris is male or female. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure what I should think about this. What do you say? I think what's quite nice about that is like the androgynous, you know, tone of it, you know, kind of bringing football and queerness together and it says as well in the little brief about the work combining her love of football with her love of music the work takes a queer spin on football cards <laughs> which I think is really quite nice because I think things like match attacks and stuff were quite a big part of you know a lot of young people's lives but it felt like something they had to stray away from if they were embracing their queerness because typically football culture doesn't necessarily you know embrace queerness so I think bringing these things together is a really nice political statement even though I'm not too sure who Chris is either. <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad that's not just me. Um, luckily, I think football has become much more infused with the gender debate of late. I mean, apart from the fact that women's football is now a, a very big thing, whereas it didn't used to be. Yeah. But I mean, who knows, in the future we may end up with trans football or something like Hopefully. that. Um, but th this particular footballer, who kind of looks us straight in the eye, yeah? This mm -hmm. is a... This is a representation that um, asks us to make something of the whole thing. It's yeah. kind of friendly. Um, but, but football hasn't had a long, happy history with with LGBTQ in its time, has it? No, like there's examples such as Justin Fashionu, who was obviously, you know, a black gay man who came out and then he sadly took his own life. You know, that's really not a great example of football and queerness coming together and merging and I can see why football fans would feel like they could either only embrace their queerness or their love of football and not both at the same time so I hope this piece of art can kind of maybe bridge that gap in some ways you know for people walking past and like you know kind of getting some of the toxicness out of football culture because at the end of the day it's supposed to be something that brings people together you know you're supposed to support your team and have that proudness and it should be reflected in the way of sexuality having that proudness as well yeah i think so i, I mean looking at this now i reflect that we're living in football city yeah you know i mean there is it's not neutral in this city if you pass for example the very fact that this particular football is wearing a blue shirt is automatically in a sense something that people might comment on I'm, and start to think that maybe they've got something to do with Everton or whatever it is until they get closer. I actually think that that thing at the bottom suggests that they're a French footballer yeah. because of the uh, the colour, um, the flag at the bottom. Yeah. So maybe we're actually being even more than that, we're actually talking about world football here. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, you sound as though you know a little bit more about football cards than I do. <laughs> I mean, uh, they were they brought a lot of people together, didn't they? Yeah, definitely. I think it's a very childhood thing as well. And I don't think there's really many things that people have these days like that because everything is so technology-based, especially if you're someone like me who has grown up in the age of technology and has never known anything else. So it's quite nice and, like, nostalgic. You know, I think we're so used to looking at screens and we're looking at phones, but to see a football card like kind of depicted in this huge way taking up so much space and you know it says homotopia on it it says queer the city it has the little gay flag in the corner i think it's just really nice felix it's just occurred to me across the music connection mm -hmm. this has got to be about a particular french music star i think it's christine and the queens that's who it looks like well then of course we've got chris christine yeah yeah we've got it as kind of, we keep the ambiguity going yeah yeah but yeah. i mean any french person who passed might actually recognize this <laughs> and know what's going on well yeah. uh, does it matter that that it took us a while to kind of click with that I don't necessarily think so, no, because I think it can mean something different to everyone. You know, there might be someone called Chris who looks at this and thinks, oh, bit of me. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> you never know. Like, it can mean something different to everyone. I think that's, like, the beauty and, like, yeah, the androgynous. Because if it is Christine and the Queens, obviously, yeah, she is female. And, you know, people see football as a typically male thing. So I really like that, yeah. you know, that kind of crossover. I think it's really beautiful. And do you know what? That's the essence of queer. Yeah, very true. Queer the City Art Crawl is presented by Roger Hill. Audio production is by Laura Brown. Series production is by Alex Ferguson for Homotopia. Queer the City is made with support from BBC Radio Merseyside. Visit homotopia.net for more info.